Welcome to another exciting episode of the Chiefs Wire podcast. I'm Ed Easton Jr. On today's episode, we break down the Chiefs' first loss of the season in our Chiefs Wire roundtable and look ahead to Monday's big matchup against the Buffalo Bills. But first, as always, we start off with Chiefs Wire managing editor, Charles Goldman. Okay, Charles, what was your biggest takeaway from last Sunday's loss to the Raiders? Well, I'll give you my biggest takeaway, I guess, on each side of the ball, because you, you can't just, just have one big takeaway, <laughs> all right? Um, on defense, they, they clearly weren't prepared to defend the deep ball, all right? In the past, Derek Carr, um, the, the, the intermediate area of the field has been the money area for the Raiders and Derek Carr. Uh, but now he's got weapons like Nelson Aguilar and Henry Ruggs that kind of open up that deep passing game. So the the defense, they were keyed in on that underneath stuff. They wanted to stop, uh, you know, the, the tight end there, Darren Waller. They wanted to stop the dump offs to the running backs. They wanted to stop all those routes coming across the middle of the field. They really missed having a guy like Legarius Sneed out there who could match up uh, with some of these speedsters one on one, and um, yeah, I think it just really the the game plan caught them by surprise. I don't think they expected they weren't going to be able to get pressure on the quarterback. I don't think they expected that the deep ball game would be as prevalent because they just haven't really seen that from from Derek Carr. So. Um, hopefully Snead will be able to make his return in week 11 when these two teams face off again. But uh, otherwise, I mean, they, they need to devote more safety help over the top, specifically determined to, to cover that deep side of the field. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that that's something that, that I thought they didn't really do a good job of adjusting. They had that second deep play there um, and, and they had, kind of a safety that that looked like he was over the top but he kind of bit underneath on something that was coming up there thinking that that you know uh it was going to be a shorter throw but and then as for the offense um Patrick Mahomes he's not getting protection on the outside that he's used to and he's not getting enough of it to be able to take like 11 12 step dropbacks like he is especially on these long developing plays these deep throws um so I know a lot of people think that the interior offensive line is the problem, but they've actually been pretty solid in pass protection this season. It's actually been the tackles who've surrendered more pressures uh, compared to the interior offensive line. Um, and that even includes this past week with Mike Remmers getting in there. He was actually pretty solid in pass protection. You know, he gave up the third fewest, I believe, on the offensive line. I think he had two pressures, two hurries allowed on the day. I mean, that's pretty good for coming coming in off the bench when you're not expected to start a game. So um, I, I was pretty impressed with his performance. And yeah, like I said, it's it's really the tackles who've been surrendering the most in terms of pressures. Eric Fisher, he's having a really tough year. Um, so it's hard when you have a, a quarterback who likes to kind of drift back like that and, and throw, uh, you know, on, on some of these deep um, um, dropbacks, it, the pass protection needs to hold up better. Um, but also, I mean, it, it's on the coaching staff, too, to get with, with Mahomes and, and, you know, figure out a game plan where maybe they throw more intermediate stuff into the passing game. Um, and another way that they could maybe give him a couple extra seconds is you get the run game going a little bit. So then you can build that deep passing game off of play action and it can buy you an extra second or two to let those plays develop downfield. Let your guys get open because, you know, they're, they're, it's on the receivers, too. They're struggling to get open. So I, I think those are my two kind of biggest takeaways. I, I think everything that happened in that game that kind of caused the problems can be fixed. One of them I didn't mention, obviously, the penalties. That that was the worst one of the worst penalty performances that we've seen this season. We'll see them clean that up. I think that'll be much better this week against the Buffalo Bills uh, and much better moving forward. But sometimes you're just going to have games like that. I mean, officials, they all they all call things differently in the NFL. So, but as I said, I think, I think these are all fixable things and I think we'll see improvements uh, moving forward. Did we expect too much from Clyde Edwards Alaire after week one? I don't think so. I, I think we're just seeing the ups and downs of a rookie season. It's been a minute since we've had a rookie running back. And I say a rookie running back loosely, I guess a real rookie running back because 
Kareem Hunt doesn't count. He was he was kind of a freak of nature in that category. Um, but you know, he's still Clyde. He's still running the ball well, and he's finding the holes when there are running lanes um, being blocked up well. So I I think he's still showing his ability to make guys miss, to get the the tough earned yards after contact, to be elusive in space. He's still doing all of the things that that we kind of knew him to do when when he was coming out of the draft. I think the areas that he struggled, it's kind of to be expected in some ways. For instance, pass blocking. That's never a strength of a running back coming out of college. And it certainly has never been his strength and wasn't his strength at LSU. In fact, he he wasn't asked to pass block much at all. Uh, They used a lot of five-man protection and, and, you know, only the offensive line. And so, so he wasn't doing much pass blocking at all in college. Now, this season, he's been asked to do it a little bit, and the first week, he was really good. Um, Week one, he was really good. He's notched a few good chips here and there, but I don't think he's ever going to be the type of guy who's going to be able to pick up, like, a free blitzer and, like, fully 100% just put him on his back. Um, I think he's going to be one of those guys who can get in the way, who can maybe buy Mahomes a couple extra seconds you know, to flee or to, to find an open receiver. But I, I just think this season, he he's not going to see things slow down enough to be able to be that guy. And then you, you go and you look at his pass catching. That's an area that's been a strength of his game. And he was really good there in college. And he's had good weeks. You look back at last, uh, last week, I mean, last week, week four, and he was three of three, caught all of his passes, just really, really good. But then he's also had some some weeks that were a struggle. I think he dropped his only pass in week one. And then this past week, uh, he he had struggled with some drops. I think he was three of eight. Uh, I believe he was three of eight. And he had two catchable balls. In my charting, I went back, I charted uh, all of the passes that went his way. Um, and he had two of them that were catchable. And, and I say catchable. What, one, I guess, was loosely catchable. He had to dig it out of the dirt. But, but I still think that's a play in the NFL that you got to kind of be able to make if you're a running back. Um so he had two catchable balls that he missed in week five. And uh, I think it's just stuff that comes with time. Chemistry being built between a quarterback and, and a running back. And then really just more game repetitions. you got to remember, this is his fifth game in, in the NFL. No preseason. Um, so no time to work on those things. No time to get used to you know, the speed of the NFL, getting hit when you're trying to, to make a catch. And, um, you know... Uh, being able to 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 get low and and make certain catches, yeah, they work on these things in practice, but it's a lot more difficult with the the full speed of the game with an opponent coming at you, especially when it's a bitter rival like the Las Vegas Raiders. So, yeah, I I don't think we expected too much from him after after that week one. I still think he's going to have some of these big breakout games. I thought it was coming this week against the. The Raiders, and I thought they kind of could have utilized him or put him in a better position to have some some big plays. But I, I think it's coming. I think it's coming, and, and I think we could see it sooner rather than later for for Edward Zelaire. How do you feel the Chiefs' defense matches up against Josh Allen and the Bills' offense? Yeah, I think they match up really well. You look at how the uh, Tennessee Titans held the Bills' offense in check on Tuesday, and uh, it revolved around pressuring Josh Allen into making some poor choices with the football things that that we've seen him do in the past he hasn't done that quite so much this season he's been really good taking care of the football making better decisions uh had had better accuracy but uh, in week five uh against the Titans he he struggled he he really uh struggled to make make good decisions with the football and um even after a, a poor week for the Chiefs against the Raiders in week five, I think that the defensive line matches up very well and can cause Allen some problems in this game. Um, I also have a feeling that the secondary will enter this game a little bit more cognizant of their assignments, especially against the deep ball. I wouldn't be shocked if the team opened up with Rashad Fenton opposite Bashad Breeland um, at uh, this week after uh, Traverius Ward, I mean, he he surrendered three touchdowns in the first half in week five, ended up coming out and, and sitting on the bench for 
the first couple of series before they, they put him back in there just kind of on a rotational basis. But I, I think that's going to be probably Ward's role for now until maybe his hand is feeling a little bit better until he can get that cast off and maybe can, can focus more on, you know, uh, making plays and, and not having to take care of that hand so much when he's out there and, and, and whatnot. But I, I do think that, that the defense matches up well uh, against the Bills' offense. I think that we're going to see a better performance than we did in Week 5. And uh, specifically the pass rush, I think that they're really going to get after it uh, this week after after kind of disappointing. I mean, only one sack, their lowest pressure total of the season uh, in Week 5. I, I think that they're going to be motivated to more than ever to get a, a big win uh, against a Bills team that, that's right up there at the top of the AFC with the Chiefs right now. So uh, I think they're they're really going to be motivated to get out there on the road uh, on, on Monday afternoon slash evening. Any interest in recently released running back Le'Veon Bell? Absolutely. Uh, I'm hearing that there is some form of mutual interest. Um, the Athletic reported last October, in fact, that the Chiefs had been interested in trading for Bell. Um, ultimately they didn't want to take on the contract and rightfully so, because it was a, a really just bad contract and the jets are going to be paying for that for a long time now. But, uh, if they can come to a, an agreement on maybe an incentive laden deal, one year deal with over, you know, let's say a million in guarantees, um, they can probably get the deal done. Uh, as far as his fit in Kansas city, this wouldn't nece- necessarily hurt Edwards Alaire's role. Bell would be used a little bit differently. Um, he'd probably, you know, hurt Darrell Williams' situation more so than, than Edwards Elaire. But he'd be used as a third down back. And uh, given his size, they'd use him in those short yardage and goal line situations. Edwards Elaire struggled at times in those situations. And, um, you know, they'd, they'd use him for pass blocking, um, which hasn't been a strength for this team. Darrell Williams and both Edwards Lair and Darrell Williams, they've they've not done well there. And his pass catching would be a huge asset in an offense like this. We're talking about a guy with uh, over 380 catches for, I believe, 3,500 yards and eight touchdowns in his career. I mean, that's a lot of production. And, and I, I think that an addition like that could open up the playbook um, when it comes to two running back sets, overall, I think it's just a move that could open up some different things for this offense and and make it move a little bit more efficiently, which I, I think it's been struggling right now. It, it's been struggling to consistently get things done and, and find that, that balance and efficiency. And it's going to be even tougher with uh, Sammy Watkins out for a couple weeks and um, Osemele going down, so the run game is going to have to be a little bit more reliant on the running backs and their ability to to make plays and, and find holes and uh, you know do things uh, after contact and after the catch. So yeah, I, I think that that it's a fit. I know that there's a, a lo- at least a little bit of mutual interest between uh, the two parties. Obviously, uh, Bell has been recruited by his buddy Chris Jones as his offseason workout partner. Um, that started way back, you know, when, when Bell was a free agent uh, before he signed with the Jets. So, you know, maybe he's he's looking back and thinking, hey, you know, I had an opportunity to maybe go to this place before and I didn't. Maybe I should double back. So it, it will, we'll see, obviously, what happens. Um, something could happen. <laughs> something could happen uh, after I've recorded this already. And that'll that'll be really fun. You guys can can make fun of me talking about this <laughs> if that's the case. But um, yeah, we'll just uh, we'll 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 see uh, what what happens with Le'Veon. And as always, are there any particular stories from Chiefs Wire you would like to highlight from the past week? Yeah, so we've got a bunch of stuff uh, recapping the Week Five loss to the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, a few posts uh, up on on Le'Veon Bell. One on his recruitment uh, from from Chris Jones. There. One on the reasons why he's a, a perfect fit for the team. Uh, lots of our preview materials kicking off today, starting with this podcast um, and, and, and a couple other items. So be on the lookout for that. As always, we really appreciate you guys listening to the podcast and visiting the website. We couldn't do everything that we do without you. So thank you so much and go Chiefs.
For more information on this story and others, head over to ChiefsWire.com and we'll give you all the details you need on the Kansas City Chiefs. Coming up next, the Chiefs Wire Podcast Roundtable. Chiefs Wire Podcast, we are back. It's that time again. We are in the Chiefs Wire Roundtable. We got Mitch Carney, we got Talon Graff, I'm Ed Easton Jr. And, okay, guys, we, we got to we got to break this down. Talon, of all the weeks to not choose against the Chiefs, you know, it, it's kind of interesting, man. Like, this is the week, and I think, what was it? It was the, the game against the um, Patriots. You were going with the Patriots in that game. No, it was, it was the Ravens. Oh, it was the Ravens. I'm sorry. Yeah. You were going with the Ravens in that game. And, uh, you know, I'll give you a hard time about it. And I'm like, hey, uh, this time around, man, I know there's no way you're taking the Raiders here. Obviously, you don't take the Raiders. I think probably 95% of the world were not taking the Raiders in this game. What happened? And I I just want to get the immediate reaction. Talon, how about we start off with you? What happened on Sunday? Dude, to me, it was the the way that the Raiders controlled the trenches when they had the ball. Uh, And, you know, the time of possession – it was like 35 minutes. And their offensive line with Trent Brown back is a very solid unit, and they were just wearing out the defensive line of the Chiefs. And I think that's where the tipping point was. I think that the uh, defense just got worn out, and eventually Derek Carr was able to, you know, find rugs over the top for those couple passes. And I just think the Raiders beat the Chiefs. I, I, just, I just think they came in with a better game plan and – you know, maybe a little bit more motivation. And I just think they came out and they were the better team. Um, I'll give the Raiders credit. I mean, they did a really great job. I do think they just beat the Chiefs. But I do think the Chiefs shot themselves in the foot like a bunch of times. Uh, you know, there was two two plays that were uh, penalties that, you know, if those penalties weren't there, they would have been touchdowns. There was one on the uh, first drive of the game to Tyree Kill. And then there was another one to uh, Clyde Edwards-Helaire uh, where Travis Kelsey did that little pick play. and. You know, he was called for a flag. And, you know, that's two touchdowns right there. That would have dramatically changed the game. Traverius Ward and the rest of the secondary had a pretty rough game, allowing a bun- allowing Derek Carr just to throw all over them, you know, have having these 50-plus yard touchdown passes. Like, that's just something we haven't seen from Derek Carr in years. So I just think it was just like a bad, bad game by the Chiefs. You know, shooting themselves in the foot with these penalties, with broken coverages, you know. But I'll give credit to the Raiders. They did a really great job coming out and having a really good game plan to beat the Chiefs. But I just think it was just like a, a mix of both. Like, it was just a perfect storm where the Chiefs just, you know, got shocked. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with the word shocked because I, I was really shocked by the way the uh, secondary, um, you know, uh, just to point out Trevorius Ward, I got a single amount here. He was such a non-factor. I mean, I, this wasn't the same player we saw the first couple of weeks. I don't know what exactly went wrong with him in regards to the coverage. Just silly mistakes that he usually doesn't make. What did you guys think of just Chavarius Ward and, and what he went through in that game and even getting um, being benched at halftime? Um, Mitch, I'm come back to you on that one. I mean, he, was, he wasn't just a non-factor. He was a liability, especially in that first half in the second quarter. Uh, I think there's two, two touchdowns in a row that were on him. I mean, that's something that he just can't do. Like, he's expected to be our number one corner on the team. Him and Bashad Breeland are kind of fighting for that spot. But I think a lot of people would give it to Jarvarius Ward, especially with how he played near the end of the season last year. But he just did not come out this, come out to play this game. He couldn't keep up with Henry Ruggs. This, uh, the speed was really getting to him. So I'm not quite sure what was going on. I don't know if he just was kind of confused what was going on. But uh, he just had a really bad game. I don't think this is something we'll see from Traverius Ward in the future. I think he'll come back to be his normal self, but uh, this was definitely the worst game you've seen him play in a long, long time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't know if if it was lack of preparation or, you know, lack of, you know, maybe looking forward to the next week, not really giving enough credit to, to your current opponent, whatever it was. Yeah. Ward definitely was, was struggling and it was, you know, everybody saw it. it. It wasn't hidden. And anything so uh yeah he's definitely he has to bounce back he has to gain the trust of the coaches back um and uh and really he just has to kind of gain the trust of the entire team back so really um he's gonna have to fight hard to get there because it it was it was a lot to be on on display and 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 to allow this 40 point game but um 
you know, it's not all on him, but yeah, he was definitely one of the guys that stood out as, you know, what, what's happening here. It was, uh, like I said, it was very shocking uh, just to see that. Uh, also see Derek Carr in terms of how accurate he was and making these, these, uh, these are pretty, these are some tough throws that he was making. So I can't beat up the secondary too much. For the, uh, for the Chiefs, but obviously you just cannot give Derek Carr, have him out there looking like one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And that's exactly how he looked on Sunday. And then you switch the other side of the ball, Patrick Mahomes. We, we were just talking about him not having that great a game against the Patriots. And then we have this game here against Raiders. He throws his first interception. Now do we start getting a little nervous about everything going on with Mahomes after this game? And um, Talon, I want to start with you on this one. No, 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 no. It's definitely not time to get nervous. Um, it was just this wasn't the Chiefs' week. Uh, you know, it just it just wasn't wasn't going to happen for them. The, the Raiders came in with a better game plan. They executed better. And the one thing that the Chiefs need to get better at is is limiting big plays, and that was one of the things that killed them the most. Uh, other than time of possession, was was the, with the big plays. You know, Henry Ruggs had two catches for 118 yards. And then, uh, you know, they, they allowed that really big run to Devontae Booker, um, you know, stuff like that. That that was one of the biggest difference makers in this game. So what the Chiefs need to do uh, is mainly on defense, limit those big plays. And then on offense, just keep doing what you're doing. Uh, you, you need to, you know, O-line needs to be a little bit better. And then we, then we need to find – uh, find a way to get Clyde Edwards-Hilaire actually into space. He's not a very good runner at that first level. He needs to get into the second, third level before he's really dangerous. So they need to they need to just figure a few things out, but it's definitely not time to worry or panic or anything. Oh, yeah, it's definitely not time to panic on Patrick Mahomes. He, honestly, in my opinion, I think he actually had a pretty okay game. Two of his touchdowns were called back because of penalties, and, you know, both of them were kind of questionable in my opinion. I mean, yeah, uh, you know, they were – Obviously, there was obviously a pick play by uh, by Travis Kelsey, and, and yeah, um, Asimeli did have a kind of a holding call, even though I think it was a little ticky tacky. But I mean, he would have had four touchdowns if it wasn't for those two penalties. And he also made some great plays. Uh, Nick Kaiser dropped a, uh, a just a dime right to him that would have gave him the first down and would have put him in field goal range to put put up a field goal going into halftime. Um, so like, there's just a lot of missed opportunities by our skills players. Um, you know. I think a lot of things were taken away from Mahomes, and yeah, he threw one interception near the end of the game, which was a pretty bad pick. But considering this was his first interception of the year, and he hasn't really thrown a ton of interceptions to make us nervous and nervous the last couple seasons, I'm not too worried about him yet. Actually, I'm not. I'm not even going to be worried about him throughout the whole season. I know he's going to be fine. He's still going to be our best player, but um, I I think he had a a game to where he. Should have made a couple more plays, but honestly, I think he played well enough uh, that people around him just need to play a little bit better. Oh, we could definitely agree with that, that there has to be better play around him. And uh, you brought up Clyde um, – actually, Tyler, you brought up Clyde Edwards-Alaire and the game that he had, not just him, just the whole running back core in general, being able to just make plays out of the backfield. There were plenty of times where Mahomes had to scramble and there wasn't really a safety valve of a running back to just do a check down to. The numbers there, I believe they were like 4 or 14 throughout the game, which is just not going to get it done for uh, Chiefs running backs. What is this something that maybe you should say that the focus could be on the offensive line not doing their job or the running backs, like you were saying, not getting into space? And Talon, I want to come right back to you on this. Yeah, I think it's just finding the, the right spot and the right situation for each player. You know, it's Clyde Edwards-Alaire, the best goal line guy. Do we need to get Daryl Williams a little bit more, you know, on first down to get the tough yardage? Um, I think it's just more of a, all right, where does everybody fit in with this group? Uh, Edwards-Alaire had a great week one, but since then, you know, it's just kind of been average and hadn't really, you know, uh, shown the things that he showed in week one. Um, you know, that just might be – he's not situationally as good as other guys might be in first, second down situations. Um, they just need to figure out where everybody fits. And, and uh, I think they'll be just fine because they got a really talented group. Um, and they, and Darwin Thompson needs to earn his trust back. Um, he, he's definitely in the doghouse, but uh, yeah, with Edward Allaire and Darrell Williams, I think he can get it rolling a little bit. You just gotta, gotta figure out the right time and right in the right place. Yeah, I agree with everything Talon just said. Um, you know, I'm kind of worried about Clyde. Like, going into the season, I was really excited for him. You know, I thought he was going to be a really good player. I thought he was going to be Offensive Rookie of the Year. 
But ever since week one, he's just – he hasn't impressed me much. He hasn't really done much on the field. Um, he's not really a great pass blocker still on third downs. They bring in Darrell Williams to – bring in Darrell Williams to block for Mahomes. And, uh, you know, I felt like, you know, about this week he should have been, you know, you know, being on the field more, you know, being a little bit more comfortable in pass protection. But we just, we're just not seeing him very much. Um, he's not making plays like like I thought he would, especially in the passing game. So I'm not really sure what's going on. I don't know if Andy Reid is just not showing some of the passing plays that uh, he has built for him. But um, I need to see more from Clyde moving forward, especially considering we took him in the first round. But, uh, yeah, I'm starting to get a little nervous about him. Now, now you know it's serious if uh, Mitch is getting nervous about Clyde Edwards-Alaire, man, because I'm telling you, during the offseason, you were ready to put him in the Hall of Fame. You know, you felt really good about him heading into this year. Uh, he does fit. He fits perfectly in the Chiefs' offense. If you look at what he did with LSU, he fits perfectly. But we're just not using him in the same way. So I don't know really what's going on there. But you know, I'm starting to get a little nervous that uh, you know my prediction or my projection is not going to be right. So uh, I might have to bite my tongue next time. Well, it's still early. You know, like I said, this is only the first loss of the year. I know people are going to be ready to you know panic and do everything because it is a loss against the Raiders a team that they should beat. So trying to move past that week and heading into, <laughs> you know, I know it's like trying to move past that and heading into uh, the big matchup on Monday. Now they moved the game to Monday. This is against the bills. There are going to be some players that are injured. Uh, Sammy Watkins and uh, Osemele are, are both going to be out. Um, I think Osemele's out for the season. Watkins is going to miss some time. Who do you think, uh, the Chiefs will miss more. Will it be Watkins or Osemele? And Mitch, I'm going to come back to you on this. Um, I mean, Osemele makes a little bit more sense because the offensive line, uh, we don't, I don't, you know, besides Osemele, I don't, we have uh, Remmer going in there, but I feel comfortable with, but I think without Watkins, Watkins is my answer because uh, without him, I think this offense just goes down a level. Like going into the season, I thought, uh, McCall Hardman was going to take that next step and really be our number two receiver, but he hasn't really done much. He hasn't, you know, really taken that next step. He doesn't look like he's running some of these intermediate routes as good as what I was hoping in year two. Um, you know, without Sammy Watkins, it really hurts. It doesn't look like Patrick Mahomes has that reliable number three option because obviously Tyreek Hill and uh, Travis Kelsey are his first two, and Sammy Watkins is right there at number three. Um, I don't think he trusts Nicole Hardman or uh, Demarcus Robinson to be that number three guy. So I don't really know what he's going to do if they uh, take away Kelsey and Kelsey and Hill. So I think Watkins is going to be a really big miss, especially going against as good as a secondary as Buffalo has. Yeah, I definitely agree that Watkins is the bigger loss, but I, I am going to say, and, and given that assembly is out for the entire season and Watkins is hopefully back in a few weeks, um, I'm going to say Assembly this time just because of how well he has been playing. Now, and, and granted, <clears throat> the Chiefs offensive line has always kind of been able to put five guys out there, no matter really who they are, and be a decent above-average unit. And, and a lot of that goes to, to, to Andy Heck, the offensive line coach. Um, so it, I think Rimmers is going to be okay. I don't think – there is going to be a drop-off of Assembly who's just playing like some of the best football he's played in his entire career. Um, so that is going to sting, but I do think the chiefs offensive line will be able to find a way to put guys out there. That's going to, you know, not be a terrible line. It's, it's going to be very interesting. Obviously, you know, they always say in football, next man up when there's an injury, it's going to be that type of situation. Maybe McCall Hardman does have a better game and fits more into the offense. But I do agree with you, Mitch. I am disappointed by the way he's looked so far. You thought he'd kind of take that next step in year two. But it's still early, once again. Still early. Things can happen. And, like, for example, we're going to be talking about the Chiefs versus Bills. Now, this is another Monday night game, but this is a little earlier. It's 5 Eastern, uh, 4 Central. So I just want to get you guys' initial thoughts even on the time and, and the day. The fact that it is a not even a Monday night, it's more like a Monday afternoon game. Mitch, what are your thoughts on the the move? And it's just something I guess we just gotta try and get used to. I mean, yeah, it's a little weird. I personally like the time because it's like right in that perfect time for me. Like I get off a get off work around four o'clock, I can go home and you know eat dinner while I'm watching a game, and then the game gets over around eight o'clock, and you know I still have some of my night left. So I personally like the time. 
Um, it is a little weird, though. Um, but I think it's just something we're going to have to get used to, at least for this season. Um, hopefully by next season, things kind of get cleared up with COVID and stuff. But uh, it's kind of odd. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of liking these random times. I think it's kind of cool that we have a Tuesday game night today. Uh, it was kind of fun to watch the uh, to Bills and uh, Bills and Titans tonight for a little bit. So I'm kind of enjoying this, these random times for this season, at least. Yeah, man. If I was back in Missouri, I think I would really enjoy that time. Just like Mitch was saying, it's like right in that perfect time zone. Um, you know, being out here in California, two o'clock start, it kind of, it's kind of right. It throws a wrench into everything. Like it's uh, right before I start practice, right? Like uh, after I get off of my normal job. So um, yeah, it's, I'm probably not going to, I'm probably going to have to watch it like on game plan or, or record it and watch it later that night. But yeah, I, it's, it's definitely weird seeing all these, you know, it's like a, big puzzle piece trying to fit in where all these games are falling now. So um, definitely something to get used to. Cause I do think it's going to happen a whole lot this season. I, I appreciate both of you guys just pulling back the curtain on everything going on. Uh, Mitch is, you know, you know, you pretty much broke down your afternoon after work and how you like to move and everything. So everybody knows when to tweet you. Okay. So we got <laughs> yeah. that. We got that set up. Um, also, you let everybody know, obviously, we record on Tuesdays. So uh, the actual Bills and um, Titans game is going on as we speak. Uh, we're not going to talk about scores because it won't matter. But uh, Talon also in California just saying how that time difference, because I was actually very curious to see, like, how people in California are going to adjust to that, because that's the middle of the day. That's like the most people are definitely at work. It's sort of an odd time just for the NFL in general. I'm on the East Coast, so it, it really doesn't affect that much. Most people are getting off work at that time anyway. So it's going to be interesting. That's just the overview in terms of the league and what they're trying to do with all these COVID protocols. So it's it's going to be interesting. But uh, this is a big matchup against the Bills. They are a good team. Whether they're going to be undefeated or not heading into this game, this game can have a lot of uh, – it could affect what's going to happen with the playoff, the playoff picture later in the year because I assume the Bills will be there. Uh, we assume the Chiefs will be there. How important is this game right now for a week six matchup? Talon, I'm going to go with you on this one. Yeah, at this point for both of these teams, it's, it's pretty important. Um, you know, not only for, you know, playoff implications as a whole, but, but even in their respective divisions. You know, Buffalo's in a fight with New England to, to win the, the division, and then the Chiefs obviously lose the Raiders. They can't lose two in a row. Uh, that, I think that's going to put them in too close of a race for the AFC West. So I, I, both these teams really need a win right now. Um, you know, barring really whatever happens tonight with the Bills and the Titans, Bills are going to need a win to, to keep ahead of the, of the Patriots. So, uh, man, I really – this is going to be probably one of the better games this season um, just because of how well each team has been playing. Um, but, yeah, it's it's going to be a dogfight for sure. Yeah, totally. It's going to be – I mean, I, I've been looking forward to this game since the offseason. I, I thought I was really interested in watching Josh Allen compete with Patrick Mahomes. But this is a must-win game for both of these teams if you consider the uh, playoff seeding this year. Uh, the number one seed is the only team that gets a bye week. So whoever wins this game uh, Monday uh, is going to have that number one seed or ha will have possession of that number one seed. Obviously, there's still a lot of season left to play. But just having that tiebreaker is a really big deal considering – you know, they may be, they both may be 13 and three, we're 12 and four by the end of the season. So whoever has that tiebreaker is going to get that number one seed. And Baltimore Ravens are still a team to think about there, but um, it's definitely going to be between Buffalo Chiefs and, uh, and Baltimore for that number one seed. So it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out, but the Chiefs definitely need to get a win Monday. Yeah, and you mentioned Josh Allen. What has impressed you so far with, with the way he's played the first couple of weeks? Um, this is obviously a big jump from where he was even two years ago, even last year. Uh, you've seen progression in his game. He's not just a running quarterback. He makes these good throws now. He has a, a legit wide receiver in Stephon Diggs that can make plays. So what do you think – how do you think the Chiefs should try to prepare for a guy like Josh Allen? And, uh, Mitch, I'm going to start with you on this. Man, that's kind of a – it's a tough question because Josh Allen's just been really impressive this year. Um, you know – he's kind of up there with some of the top quarterbacks in the AFC, in my opinion. Now he's just the way he's been playing. So I just feel like Steve Spagnuolo is definitely going to have to, you know, kind of trick up some coverages with him. He's definitely still a younger quarterback. So I don't know if, he, if he's seen 
all of the uh, all of the coverages in the league. So it'll be interesting if Spagnolo can come up with uh, some coverages to confuse him, maybe trick him into a couple of interceptions or two. Um, but uh, you know, I'm going to need to see a really big game out of Chris Jones and Frank Clark. We're going to have to rush past or make him nervous, make him throw the ball, and I'm going to need our secondary to play better. I need Ward and Breland and uh, our safeties to play their best game because Diggs. And uh, their receiver group has been really impressive. So um, I, did, I just think we just need to play our best football. I don't think there's a, like a certain type of way we need to play. I just think we just need to go out there and play some really good football because I know we can compete with anybody in the league. We just have to play. Yeah, I think the, the number one thing you got to do is you have to keep Allen in the pocket, force him to beat you from the pocket. I think that's where he's most vulnerable um, is just staying – you know, right there and delivering shots down the field. That's where his, his inaccuracy comes into play. That's where his uh, inconsistency comes into play. So I think if you force him to stay in that pocket, I think he, I think he might not be able to do that an entire, entire game without really throwing um, a couple of interceptions. So where he's dangerous is outside of the pocket. Then he can use his legs, find an open receiver, you know, very similar to what Mahomes does. So I think keeping him in the pocket – utilizing that lack of really arm accuracy is where you need to, to keep him. I mean, yeah, he's, he's been a lot more accurate this season, but I definitely agree. You, you have to kind of force him to make the tough throws. You have to put the pressure on him. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the Bills offensive line holds up. But uh, when you talk about the Bills, you, you kind of have to start off with the defense. The defense has always been solid for the last couple of seasons. Uh, this year's, you know, this year as well. When you look at this Bills defense, what do you think on the offensive side the Chiefs are going to have some issues, especially not having Osemele, not having Watkins heading into this game? And Talon, we'll start with you. Yeah, it's, it's going to be tough. Um, that, that defense for the Bills definitely doesn't play around. They have a lot of playmakers, and yeah, especially with, uh, with the injuries like you mentioned with Osemele. It's it's not going to be ideal <laughs> to to get Mahomes sacked four or five times because that's what's going to happen if the offensive line doesn't doesn't hold up because um, that that Bills defense especially the front seven um, one of the best around so if you don't get Clyde edwards lair or whoever the running back is into open lanes and if you're not keeping Mahomes you know comfortable and and not you know allowing him to get you know, pressure and stuff like that. It's it's going to be a long game because the Bills will bring it the entire game. Yeah, uh, I agree with everything Talon just said. I mean, I think the best thing the Chiefs can do right now, especially if their offensive line is holding up, is just to give Mahomes, Mahomes a little bit of help, give him an extra blocker, um, keep Kaiser in there to help block, help the tackles out, um, and just give Mahomes enough time to, you know, find the open guys. Um, you know, I need McCole Harmon to have a, a good game, maybe to Marcus Robinson, because I know I know Kelsey and Hill are going to be there. I know they're going to have their plays, but I just need more from our secondary offensive weapons, such as Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Demarcus Robinson, Nicole, uh, Nicole Hardman. So um, I think our offense is good enough that we can beat any defense in the league, similar to what I just said about our defense. They just have to come out there and play, play their best football. Um, I think they're going to be a little bit more motivated after losing to the Raiders last week. So I can see them had going out there and having a big game. But I just think the biggest thing right now is just keeping Mahomes safe, keeping him off the ground. Um, Cause I think Mahomes, even though the Buffalo secondary is really good, I feel like he can still, you know, fit the ball into some tight places and make some plays. Okay. Like I said, it's going to be a battle back and forth. And, you know, you talk, you're talking about a good Bills team. It may not look good against the Titans right now, but they're going to be ready to go. They're going to be at home on this Monday on this uh, Monday night or Monday afternoon game, whichever way you want to call it. Uh, it should be an interesting matchup. So it's about that time, guys. Now we got to pick our wild cards for this week. And uh, Talon, I'm going to have you go first. Who is your wild card for this game that is just so important for the Chiefs in order to win? I'm going to go Daryl Williams, the, uh, you know, the number two running back behind CEH. I, I really do want to see what he can do. Um, starting out the game as the lead guy, not being a, a fill-in guy or a situation guy. I want, to, I want to kind of give him the start and see if he can handle the haul and, and kind of use CEH in, in a little different way this week. Um, so for me, I think Daryl Williams, if used correctly, can really set the tone, set the pace for the, Chief, for the Chiefs offense, 
give them a dangerous rushing attack and really ease up on that uh, pass rush of the t- of the Bills, and then that'll open up things in the passing game. So I really want to see Daryl Williams take a bigger role this week. Um, I'm going to go with McCall Hartman. Um, people are talking, uh, you know, all across Kansas City media that, you know, McCall has been kind of a bust this season. You know, he's in the sophomore slump. He hasn't really had that progression. Like, I just got done talking about it. Um, you know, and people are talking about how DK Metcalf, who was drafted like six or eight picks after him, um, is having a really big year, and he looks like he was a better pick. Um, so I want to see Michael Harmon come out here and replace Sammy Watkins to kind of have that prove-it game, prove us wrong. Um, and he has good speed, and we know he's a capable receiver. We just haven't seen it yet. So I think this would be the perfect game for him to come out and have that big game and kind of prove everybody wrong, like, hey, I can't be, I can't be the number two receiver on this team. So I'm going to pick him as my wild card player, maybe see him come away with a couple of big catches and maybe a touchdown or two. Okay, you know what? You brought him up earlier, Talon. And I think it's – I just – I've always fought for this guy, even from his uh, rookie season, didn't do much. You know, I, I've taken him in fantasy uh, the last two years, actually, thinking that this could be the breakout year. I'm going to see – I'm giving Darwin Thompson another shot here. If he plays, if he gets an opportunity out there, I, I just think he's a guy that could be a game changer. Like we just said, the running backs need to, need to step up. If he could just, like, find a niche somewhere, this is the perfect game where they need a, they need a running back that can, that can catch out of the backfield, that can do those things. They, they, they need that big time. So I'm really hoping Darwin Thompson wakes up and this is the moment in which he uh, takes that step forward. Uh, it may not happen. There's probably a good chance it won't happen. This is all wishful thinking. But uh, if, if there was ever a time for it to happen, it would be this game, a game on the road, a must-win game that could affect the playoff picture down the line. It would be great to see Darwin Thompson uh, really break through. I would love it. Absolutely love it. Definitely, man. So, you know, it's we don't know half the time. This is what makes it so great. Sometimes uh, I, I was just telling, I actually meant to bring this up earlier in the show. You went with Nick Kaiser, I think, a couple of weeks as your wild card. Why are you uh, abandoning him now? Is there, uh, is there a reason you just finally gave up on him after he had to drop last week? Yeah, the drop did it for me, you know. <laughs> I was like, oh, my guy. And then, no, it, it hit the ground. And I was like, oh, okay. And I, I, it, to me. But no. it, it, it's such a memorable play, too, because remember Mahomes that was scrambling and he threw across mm-hmm. his body. The yeah. ball hit him right in the hands. Yeah, it was just- a perfect Mahomes <laughs> throw. And, like, Kaiser's golden opportunity to, like, set a mark in this <laughs> offense. And he just, nope. Not gonna do it. I just uh, feel so. I just feel so bad for him because I feel like that was just like one opportunity to be like. Because I don't know how many times Patrick Mahomes is gonna throw him the ball again, and he just wasted that one opportunity. So I don't know if he'll get another chance to uh, catch a play like that again. Yeah, no, that was it. <laughs> oh, that that was definitely it. Because I, I remember they they had the camera on Mahomes as he was walking off the field, just shaking his head. I, I mean, the play for Mahomes to get freed and throw across his body. Perfect pass, and he just drops it. I'm looking to see maybe it was knocked away. He just dropped it. So that's that's a tough blow, man. I, I really hope they give him another shot, but I doubt it as well. Um, going Now we're going into the predictions. I was close, I guess I could say, because I didn't have it as a blowout win for the Chiefs last week. Even, obviously, I had them winning by maybe a field goal. They lost. So I always know those AFC West division battles are always going to be tough. So – the records just throw it out the window. Whenever it's a division battle, it's going to be tough. Now they're playing against the AFC East. You got probably the best team in the AFC East with the Bills. Mitch, I want you to start off first. What is your prediction? Who's winning? And give me a score. I have the Chiefs winning 24-20. to I think the Chiefs will bounce back after this game, after losing to the Raiders. I think, um, you know, uh, they got punched in the mouth last week, so they're going to be ready to play this week. They want to prove the world, like, hey, we're still – one of the best teams in the league, we can win the Super Bowl. Like, just because we had one bad game against the Raiders doesn't mean that we're a bad team or not a Super Bowl contender. So, um, I do think the offense struggles at times, like they have all season, but I do think they have, you know, that one big quarter that kind of gets in the lead. Um, and I think our uh, Chiefs defense has a, uh, a bounce back game and maybe gets uh, Josh Allen into a couple of turnovers. I can see Frank Clark and Chris Jones just having a really big game after not really doing much last week. So I got the Chiefs winning by four points. 
Yeah, this is a tough one. Um, this is going to be a this is going to be a grounded out type of game. I, I don't know. I feel, I feel like this is just going to be like a like a twelve round heavyweight fight. But um, I, I'm I'm thinking the Chiefs are going to edge it edge it out. I'm not ready to to bet against them again quite yet. So I'm thinking the Chiefs thirty one, Bills twenty seven. Okay, thirty one twenty seven. I like that. You know what? I think this is going to be such a pivotal uh, – pivotal, I'm sorry. I can't even say my words right – part for the uh, Chiefs' defense. I think this is going to be a game that I think really defines how good they really are because I, I feel like it's going to be a slugfest. And with that being said, the score is going to reflect that, and I'm going to go with the Chiefs 17-14. I just think it's going to be tough on both sides – they're playing in Buffalo. Regardless if there's fans or not, Buffalo is still Buffalo. It's just something about that area. So I feel like Mahomes is going to – he's going to have to fight with this defense who has coming off a, a tough game against the Titans in progress. And they're going to want to really just send a message to Mahomes. So it should be a fun game. I, I think that's what's going to happen. But the Chiefs will pull it out. And Butker will get the game-winning field goal. So I'm calling that again, Talon. I'm going to see if I can get two in a row – with the game-winning field goal from Butker. So, we'll see. Hey, you keep shooting. You're bound to hit at least one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Something's got to happen, you know? So, we'll definitely see how it goes. But uh, as we always do, you know, make sure you're uh, following us on Twitter at the Chiefs Wire and, uh, or hit us up because we're always getting retweeted and uh, let us know what you think. Now you know what times to hit up Mitch. So, he'll be off work. He'll be able to respond. These are important things, you know? Yeah, I mean, uh, if anybody wants to reach out to me and talk Chiefs, I'm always down. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, don't hit my DMs, please. <laughs> it does not go down in the DM. No DMs, all right? Let's, <laughs> just, let's, keep, it, let's keep it clean out here. <laughs> but, uh, guys, until next time, this has been the Chiefs Wire Roundtable. Mitch, Talon, take care. Yeah, I think we just didn't execute at a high enough level. Uh, in the first half, uh, we started off well. We, we executed at a high level. Obviously, we had some penalties, called some stuff back. Uh, and, then the, and then the second quarter, we, we kind of made plays happen, but we weren't executing at a high enough at a high level. And then the third quarter, it didn't, it did, we couldn't execute because we weren't running the plays the, the right way, and I wasn't finding the right reads. And so uh, that carried over, and, and, and we obviously didn't play in the second half like we wanted to. Let's go next to Matt McMullen. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Patrick, um, you guys haven't lost in a while. This is a tough one. So what's your message to the team in the locker room after the game? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a learning lesson. I mean, if you don't play your best football, you lose football games in this league. And uh, uh, if we didn't play our best football uh, today, and we try to battle at the end, but uh, um, we don't play at, at a high enough level against good football teams, then you're, you're going to lose games. Go next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Patrick, was there a common thread to the offensive problems today and maybe the way you guys played, at least for, say, the first three quarters against the Chargers and then maybe the first three quarters last week as well? Uh, not necessarily. I just feel like we didn't execute and we didn't, we, didn't, uh, we didn't do what we needed to do in order to move the ball. Um, we had one bad quarter, but when you're playing a team that's hot like they were, I mean, one bad quarter loses you a football game. Go next. Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Patrick, in the second half, did the Raiders just cover the deep options a little bit better than they did in the first half? And how much of it was having to look for a second or third receiver and just not getting through that progression, perhaps maybe as good as you wanted? Yeah, I mean, they definitely put a little bit deeper. Um, I got to try to find ways to, to get to get the guy to the, get the ball to the open guy. Um, but uh, like I said, we just didn't get anything going in the third quarter. I mean, and in the beginning of the fourth, uh, we moved the ball at the end of the game. But uh the same time, I mean, they, they didn't change any coverages. We just didn't execute in the second half. Let's go next to Todd Lebo. Go ahead, Todd. Hey, Patrick. I, I know you guys would rather not be in first and 20 or second and 20, but you had a couple of big penalties that put you in spots, and you guys weren't able to come back from that part of it. How deflating is it for the offense when you, like, you threw the touchdown to Tyreek in the first half and there's a penalty on it? How deflating is that? And, and why maybe were you not able to overcome that stuff today? And then I wanted to ask quickly, 
I don't know if you saw this, but Alex Smith played today. Didn't, didn't know if you'd seen that or what thoughts you might have on him making it back and being on the field. Yeah, I mean, the first part of your question, I mean, in this league, when you're in first and 20, second and 20, uh, it's, hard to, it's, hard to, uh, it's hard to get first downs. Uh, we've been spoiled that we've kind of done it, done it well these last few years, but uh, you don't want to be in those positions. And so, uh, obviously, we're going to try to clean up the penalties. And then whenever we're in that situation, i got to try to find a way to make it more third and manageable and not third and 20 and trying to make a crazy play happen every single time. And then the Alex thing, I actually saw – I haven't got to see the highlights, but I saw that he, he got in the game. And, I mean, it's just it's, – it's amazing. It really is just amazing um, for him to be able to go through what he's been through uh, and get back on that field. Uh, I'll, I'll probably text him here after this – after this press conference and, and congratulate them. Cause that, that's truly special. And it's truly a special human that can do something like that. Got time. We got two more hands up. Let's go Mitchell and then Sam. Go ahead, Mitchell. Hey Patrick, would you want to take us through that interception you threw on fourth and seven? Yeah. I mean, obviously it was covered well and you don't want to take a sack on fourth down. So I just try to put it out there to Kells and try to make, let them make a play and their backside safety made a, made a better play. And uh, so, I mean, I just got to try to find something, um, and obviously, uh, it didn't work out for us. Let's go last to Sam Millinger. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Patrick, um, you keep saying uh, execution over and over and over again. Am I reading it right that you see this as more of, you know, sort of what you guys didn't do rather than some new trick or whatever that the Raiders were, were throwing at you today? No, I mean, you give them total respect. I mean, they have a, a lot of great players on their defense. Um, and so they're going to go out there and they're going to make plays. Um, but as far as us offensively, um, we, we've kind of done it these last few weeks, uh, obviously other than the Ravens game where we didn't execute at a high enough level to go out there and score like we've, we've been known to score. Um, and it, it, it caught up with us today. Um, and so uh, we got to go back and really look at, our, at ourselves in the mirror, me at quarterback, and, and really not rely on these crazy plays where I'm scrambling around and throwing these shots and just execute the offense the way that it's called and the way that we're supposed to be ran. And if we do that, we'll be a hard team to stop. For everyone at Chiefs Wire, we'd like to thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Make sure to follow us on social media at Chiefs Wire for more information. I'm Ed Easton Jr. Check us out next time.